This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Cavell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. I don't need therapy. I can fix it. They're not there to grade your life. Yeah. They're there to help you figure out what is holding you back in your life. Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. Everyone feels alienated as a result of some of the uniqueness. And that's the scary part. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hello, everybody. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is Hashtag Hashtag Life Goals. For this week, it's Hashtag Therapy, everybody. Yay! Be prepared to hide under your covers or embrace that therapy, however you choose to accept it. I'm just, I know it's a double-edged sword for me because I advocate it so much, yet at the same time, I myself am very scared of it. Because Chelsea's (laughs) terrified of this I mean, I mean... I, well, I think it's weird because right now but this, I'm like... The, but yet, this episode was her idea. It was. This I, has been on the books since we first made our list of episodes. Yeah, I think it's just... I think it's weird for me, like, today because I'm actually, like, I'm very calm. I'm, like, cool, collected. But, like, backstory, I've been having anxiety and panic attacks and, like, depression for, like, the last couple of weeks or so over some other stuff going on in my life. So I feel like I'm starting to, like get over that hump a little bit. So I think I'm a little bit more cool, calm and collected than normal, but we shall see when we bring on our guests. So that will be a fun time, but yeah, no, um, therapy is something that I think is super, super helpful, but I definitely can be very freaked out about it at times because you got to open your heart to somebody else. That is a professional that is trained to kind of dissect what the problem is without knowing like, any of your history without anything before. And it's just like a first glance and they have to like pry you open like piece by piece, take like the sticky yeah, tar. Therapy is heart. all about building trust though. Yeah, you no, know? it's it not, you're not going in there for a grade. Yeah. You're exactly. not there to grade your life. Yeah. They're no. there to help you figure out what is holding you back in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like another thing, a little backstory, there was one time when I was younger, I did go to therapy I had one session that I did need. And then the other sessions after that, I just, I didn't need them anymore. So I was like, okay, this isn't for me. This isn't something that I need right now. And I didn't. And then I stopped going. So I think the tricky thing with me with therapy is um, uh, because there are times when I do need it. And there are times when I don't. There are times when I'm just like, this isn't helping or this isn't like what I want. And then I also was trying to actually look into therapy recently, but when I was doing all my research, I was like being bombarded of like, oh, this person has like anxiety, bipolar disorders, like binge purging, stuff like that. So it was like all categorized and it was all like, like specific, this specific, that and it was just, it was like information and you still have to like pick and choose and the whole trial and error. And it was just like freaking me out a little bit because it was just, it was so categorized of like this, 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 when it's like, yeah, because people specialize in different things. Yes. But then the thing is, is that, yes, I think mine would be anxiety and sometimes depression and panic attacks. But what if I don't know if it's specifically this or specifically that and that kind of thing. And you need a little bit of fluidity and variety. Well, and it's that's not a college out. course where, you know, no. once you've signed up, you're stuck in it and you're like, oh, I thought women's studies was going to be really cool. I'd meet a lot of women. Ah! And then you're stuck in a, you know, class that you hate all semester. It's not like that. You yeah. know, with therapists, a lot of times it's about, it's trial and error. 
it's, it's the same thing with anything that is a mental disorder. Like it can take some time to diagnose. It can take some time to find the right therapist. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this is what this discussion is about to try and maybe figure out those questions and answer them and, you know, maybe find loopholes and I don't know. You just want to find the easy way out of having to go to therapy. Doesn't everybody want okay, that? Okay, well, guess what? I did not pay our guest $150 today, so you cannot do that. <laughs> I, know. Your own I know, 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 I know. I'm sorry. I'm just, no boy. Okay, so how about we dive into the research? All right, let's do it. All righty. So the first uh, part of the research is from an article from Psychology Today and is for the definition of therapy. Psychotherapy, or as we know as therapy, is the practice of spending time with a trained professional, usually a psychologist, social worker, or licensed counselor to help diagnose and treat mental and emotional problems, to talk through everyday difficulties, or to seek advice as a couple or an individual. And this can be conducted using a variety of modalities, including cognitive behavioral therapy, which involves identifying and challenging cognitive distortions and irrational thought patterns, otherwise known as CBT. Yes. And psychodynamic therapy, which aims to identify an unconscious conflicts or repressed memories that contribute to real world challenges. And a whole bunch more, but I unfortunately don't know all the terms and hopefully our guests will be able to fill those in if they're ready. All right, so this is what they say of maybe when you should go to therapy, when there's some worries that make you crazy or make you feel embarrassed, when you feel taken and the fears are kind of overcoming you and they kind of like overshadow your life and just kind of, you know, make things a little bit more difficult. But the thing is, is that if, when you do do therapy, you, there's still a certain amount of commitment that needs to happen. Uh, for example, finding the right research of the right person that you need to find trial and error to find the right match. And then also a big one, which unfortunately is kind of my issue right now, is insurance coverage. Because, you know, it's it's, it's not cheap. It's definitely it's not, not cheap. And even if you have insurance, like when I was most recently going to therapy, I had full insurance. My Every time I submitted it, though, my insurance was finding ways to deny it. Deny exactly. It, it. Now, I knew that they were probably only going to cover three sessions, but that still would have been $300 I would have gotten back. But eventually, I just gave up on trying to get them to cover it because yeah. me needing therapy was more important than getting my insurance to cover it. Yeah. that and I think it's just my thing because since I'm a bit tight on finances right now, it's just I and because there are times when I don't know when I need it and there are times when I think I do, I'm just, I fluctuate. So mm -hmm. I just, I'm not exactly sure, like, is it a worthwhile purchase at this moment or is it something to wait and hold off? Because there's other workarounds that I've kind of been developing, like my self-love journey that I went through with like writing right. stuff down or there are times when I need to just speak something out. I will like do like a voice memo or a video recording or I'll just call like you or my family and I just to get it out there. It's just for me, it's been just to get off my chest, get it out and move on. And so yeah. that's my way of kind of like doing my therapy. Though I know well, it doesn't always work. I can understand the financial drain um, since I left my day job, you know, two and a half years ago, I've only been to therapy, I think twice because either between not having a car, cause my therapist is, you know, pretty far away. Yeah. Um, and, 
and the financial drain. I just haven't been able to go. But I will tell you, it is a top priority for me when I have more than what I just need to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. My next step is I need to start going to therapy regularly again. Got it. All righty. So this is how they talk about how to find the right therapist. You are going to have to go through trial and error. It's just part of the name of the game. Yeah. Our guest is smiling about this. You you just you just have to. You have to go through, weed through the people. You have to talk and see if you connect with them, see if it works, see if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's also like how making friends or coworkers and that kind of stuff. Trial and error. Figure out those that are like you vibe with well or that you work with well and all that right. kind of stuff. It's right. Tough. And um, I know one of the big factors is whether or not you want a male or a female ther- therapist yeah. and that depends on whatever your particular intimacy issues are so yeah. um, a lot mm-hmm. of the times people do really well having a therapist who is opposite gender because it really makes it easier for them to open up that feeling of connection interesting so okay. because your relationship with your therapist is almost like a romantic relationship you have to have that kind of strong connection like if you see if you have a a slight attraction to your therapist, it can actually benefit you to get you like in the door to trusting them. Ah, okay. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Well, we'll get into that later. I have a few thoughts on that. The next thing that they talk about qualities like empathy and strict boundaries. And then also empathy, honestly, even though people might be like, Oh, I don't need it. I don't, Deep down, we all we're all human beings. We're all the same. We need connection, right? You need, you need connection. You need someone who hears you. Exactly, and we thrive from uh, that. From since we've been Neanderthal times, when we became Neanderthals to humans, it's a it's a survival instinct to be able to have someone like with you on your team in your pack. It's a it's a social social norm and kind of like ingrained in our DNA a little bit. It's part of nature to be part of a pack or have connection, connection with, other with other people yes yeah. because you can be an individual but to be alone for a long periodic amount of time can make you go a little stir crazy that's true exactly and i've had my fair share <laughs> <laughs> all right now they talk about do you how do you know if therapy is working the first few sessions it's kind of common to wonder if it's working or not some people feel worse or more emotionally raw after the few sessions they say that this is common, but if it continues to be that way and there's no uphill, then it's not working and you got to go. You got to get out of there. So, yes, the first time in a while, it could be like, oh, my God, <laughs> and just this big like flood release. But if it's just constant and constant and constant, you're just going to feel drained. You're going to feel like a mental zombie. It's it's not going right. to work out for you. The first couple of sessions, a lot of times you're still breaking down walls yes. and trying to help your therapist get to know you so they can see where you're struggling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you still don't feel like they hear you or if it's just you're just using it as a session to unload, are you growing? Yes. And if you're not growing, then you're with the wrong therapist. Exactly. Patients should feel empowered to discuss doubts that they have with their therapist. Honesty is an important component in the therapy process. May be possible for therapists to adapt to the client's challenges or recommend them to another professional that might be a better fit. So there needs to be able to have that honesty connection and be able to like, you know, feel great when having someone that listens and gives you the right advice. But if it's not working, it's amazing that when the therapist can be like, hey, like, 
I see your struggles. I don't think I'm the best fit for you. Here's somebody else that they recommend. That is admirable in itself because that way they can connect you to the right person. They're actually trying to help you, even if it's not a great fit for you and them. All right. So this is the next article from Mental Health America. These are some key findings that I found. All right. So for 2019, over 44 million Americans have a mental health condition. The rate of youth experiencing a mental health condition still rises. The rate of major depressive episode, MDE, uh, has gone from 11.93% to 12.63% over the past year. Mental health workforce shortage remains. So my understanding is that I think, you know, there's times when, you know, when you're, you know, sick days or more importantly, like if you're pregnant or if you have a child and you like leave right. for a few days. Right. So. There are, there aren't a lot of, you know, when we say to somebody, oh, I'm taking a mental health day, that's become more of just a, you know, term that we term, use, yeah. but we don't actually have specific mental health days. Exactly. You have to take one of your paid vacation days or a sick day yeah. to be able to take a mental health day. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say it's not, there's, I mean, it's there's not a huge seriously. stigma on yes, mental health in the United States and especially within certain communities, yeah. uh, which is why not enough people seek treatment for mental health disorders or even just for simple talk therapy to work through a tough period that they're going through. Yeah, because of the already impressions that people will put on it. It's I not mean, great. when I was, you know, a retail manager, all the places I worked at had programs in place for if you were dealing with mental health issues or addiction issues. I was always too scared to take advantage of them because mm -hmm. even though they say it's confidential, I'm like, it's not because yeah. my company will know I'm using these resources. Yeah, exactly. And then they will wonder if I am capable of doing the job. Many states saw improvement in their individual to mental health provider ratio, but the lowest workforce there was almost, was almost four times to the number of individual to only one mental health provider. So basically there's only like one, there'd be one provider for like, five or six individuals when there should be more, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, I do have another article, but I would actually like to discuss this with our guest. So do we want to bring him on now? Are we ready for that? I think we're ready for that. You think you're right? Okay. All right. Let's bring him on then. So our guest today is a very good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to introduce Carlos Reyes Haley. Thank you for having me. I'm Hello. excited to be here. Oh, Hi, thank folks. you. I have to say, your smile is just so infectious and so <laughs> it's just making me feel really happy. See, I right love now. his laugh. Yeah, his <laughs> laugh is great too. Good <laughs> yeah, to hear. It's our, I'm already very comfortable, which is actually good because, I mean, this is could, a tough topic. So yeah. it's definitely good that you're already comfortable. Yeah, but I mean, also, yeah. I mean, you can explain a little bit about who you are and then also your background if you please. Sure thing, sure thing. So I have a doctor of clinical psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies so in San Francisco. Could, yeah, so he basically can be a therapist, whatever he wants. So here's, so here's the thing. As my mom likes to say, he can hang out his shingle. Uh -huh. ah! I never got licensed. So okay. every time, I was a therapist for about six years, but I was always practicing under someone else's license, okay. a supervisor who would help me with my caseload mm -hmm. every week. And the rule is for every 10 clients or patients that you see, you have to talk to a licensed supervisor, a clinical supervisor for one hour. Okay. 
So if you've got a caseload of 20, you see your supervisor for two hours a week. Mm -hmm. So I was always a beginning therapist um, when I was providing therapy, but it was nice because you had this veteran therapist that could help you with any tough uh, cases or conundrums that you might right. have had that week. It's kind of like having two resources at once. My, yeah. You know, at right. least that's the way we would... Uh, frame it for for clients who are a little iffy about having a quote-unquote young therapist mm -hmm. what i've done since 2011 when i defended my dissertation got the degree is i've actually switched careers and now i focus mainly on acting before i moved to la about a year ago in san francisco i had the chance to work on a bunch of research projects so uh, right now i market myself more as a research psychologist and do some oh. kind of easy lifting qualitative data analysis uh for for different um contracts let's say that come through ah. UCSF or some you know if they're if they're having a violence prevention program or HIV prevention they'll mm -hmm. get money mm -hmm. and then you'll be able to work three to six months mm -hmm. helping out that team uh, so that's kind of um, like your main side hustle while yeah you're acting, that's so. my main side hustle yep. um for today's show <laughs> I'm actually on a wait list to receive therapy. So I can oh! talk about, well, I just, I've been on a wait list almost since I moved to LA, but I just found a new place that I'm kind of excited about. So I can talk about both perspectives, about remembering providing treatment and then my own fears and nerves when it comes to <laughs> meeting a new stranger who's gonna, you know, help me succeed yeah, and, exactly. and achieve my own goals. Right. I think it's beneficial for Chelsea that you were not a stranger to her. Um, so ah! you guys actually met through me. So yeah, yes, yes. As many of my friends would be like, how do you know this person? Oh, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 She's a connector. Carlos and I uh, were in several theater productions in San Francisco together. There's actually pictures of him all over this house. In one play, he was uh, the love interest of Miss Leota Rhodes, who was on hashtag can't get a date. Mm -hmm. And in another play, he played my husband and I murdered him. <laughs> yes, I remember that story. Right? That was epic. It was. And he was also in my graduating film. Ah. So we got to see his lovely butt in my yeah. graduating film. In the words of Amy Covell, a little butt goes a long way. <laughs> it was very <laughs> tastefully done. It was awesome. It was like a second, if that, the camera tilted down and went back up. I got to play a John with a prostitute in a San Francisco back alley. It was amazing. Yeah. In a it word. was very colorful and um, it was definitely... It still had that gritty feel, but it gave you kind of like that dark, deep, sexy kind of vibe. Oof, oh boy. <laughs> well, I think we need to show her the button. No, 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 no. That's not the focus to today. Let's focus on therapy today. So when Carlos moved down to Los Angeles, we, of course, reconnected and um, I introduced him to Chelsea so that we, she could offer her editing services yes. he needed to spruce up his acting reel. Yes. yes. Since then, I have gotten an appointment with my first uh, manager meeting. Oh, yeah. So I'll meet my first Woo! potential manager. I sent them the link to my new reel that Chelsea edited. And um, oh. I've gotten a few more rounds of footage. So now I have this talented 
editor that can help keep me current because in acting just like everything else you're only as good as your last booking you're only as yeah. good as your last most recent material mm -hmm. uh so that's been great that's been a blessing to be able to meet you through Aww. amy as well <laughs> yeah. yay very happy for you that's awesome so now we've got a little bit of background on Carlos and his connection to both of us. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask, were there some common threads that you found between your clients when you were giving therapy? Certainly. So uh, I started training in the Mission District of San Francisco. So it was very cool. I got to do most of my first year of therapy in Spanish. Not mm. all by any means, but most. And that helped me feel good just because Spanish-speaking population was grateful that services existed, you know, yeah. and, and, and really uh, at least to a point enthusiastic that there was even that resource in the community. So that was, that was pretty invigorating. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And then my second year, my second, you have to do a series of three internships to graduate from right. a doctoral program. My second year, I worked at an LGBTQI plus clinic. And that was also very cool. Again, did a few sessions in Spanish, but mostly switched to English and did a bunch of group therapy. The common thread I would say is folks don't feel that they're the same or have the same problems as other folks. Everybody and thinks little, they're different and unique. Everybody thinks they're different and unique, which is a good positive way of saying it, but everyone feels alienated as a result of some of the uniqueness. Right. And that's the scary part, right? Mm -hmm. That's That's what could cause somebody to pause or to not build trust over the first several sessions with a therapist, that fear that they're going to be, that the therapist won't be able to hold their particular fill in the blank. Right. Yeah, I can, I can understand that because I, because I feel I'm a very, very different being as compared to others. So I of guess course. I feel more alienated at times, even though uh, when other people open up to me, when I open up to them, I realize, oh, damn, we have the same stuff, but it's just... Everybody's got the same issues in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, we just, all yeah. go through some of these same things. Mm -hmm. For me, one of the big concerns with building trust with my therapist that I have in Los Angeles was I remember my first experience with therapy, and it was my mother decided that she and I should go see a therapist because she was concerned about how I was handling um, my dad's drug addiction. Mm. So we went to see the therapist. We each had an individual session with her and then we had a group session with her, uh, my mom and I. Okay. And then at the end of it, she said, you know, Amy's fine. She's well adjusted. Julie, I'd like to see you back here again. Interesting. Oh. And Interesting. I yes. was like, see, I'm fine. <laughs> I wasn't fucking fine. I was manipulative because I am an alcoholic and an addict as well. And even though I hadn't started using at that point, all of those behaviors were already present in so me. You kind of knew what to say to check off the boxes I, she might have been, the therapist might have been looking for. Correct. Sure. I was manipulative. And I was that way all the way through. We went through tons of group therapy when my dad was in rehab. Mm -hmm. And I would show up to family group therapy after having been, it was a Sunday morning. And I would have been partying all weekend. I would show up still high. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, they'd be discussing things. And it was always those really bright, white, 
kind of lights us. Oh, yeah. God. And those, it, those put me to sleep. Yeah. And so I would like doze off and then it would, the circle would get around me and they'd wake me up and I would answer whatever their question was. Textbook perfect answer, A plus Amy answer. And I'd be like, wow, you're so well adjusted. And they'd move on. I had everybody fooled because I was a manipulative addict. Gotcha. And so that was something that, because I was still in my addiction when I met my therapist here in Los Angeles. And that was something I never wanted to hide from her. And that I wanted to make sure that I wasn't manipulating my answers to be what she wanted because then I knew I wasn't going to get anything of it. And I sure. would kind of see sometimes, sometimes with the way she would respond to something. And when I'd feel that little like, jolt of, ooh, I got her, I was like, oh, shit. No, I have to backtrack because I'm obviously not being 100% honest. You got a high from when sure. you were, or you got a kick from when you were like, oh, I was able to sneak around when... Exactly, sure. exactly. And that's that's actually one of the first things they taught us in graduate school is that if your presenting issue or problem is substance abuse or alcoholism, individual therapy is not going to cut it. Nine times out of 10, there needs to be a group support element. And of course, everyone can point to 12 step because it right. is so Right, but it's that idea successful. that there's multiple personalities right. that can kind of call you out on your bullshit. Yeah, yeah. if AA mm -hmm. isn't for you, as long as there's some kind of support group uh, accountability factor, you're going to do much better for recovery from drugs and alcohol. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't go to individual because it can be right. an awesome supplemental resource to get to what was under the use to begin with, what for was sure. under the substance abuse sure. to begin with. So yes, definitely do it. One but unfortunately, we all can lie about our substance use if oh, it's just yeah. one individual. Exactly. It's too yeah, easy. Exactly. It's too easy. Well, and when I started seeing my therapist here, I really was there to try to deal with one of the things that I knew was kind of underlying some of my abuse. Sure. It wasn't the whole thing sure, because it happened too late in life, but it was definitely a pushing element was I had a lot of issues uh, left over from when I was with my ex-fiance. So a lot of what my therapist and I worked on those first, you know, two years was working through my issues around my ex-fiance mm -hmm. and, um, I feel like I've come so far in that, which is great. Now, thankfully, around the time when I, you know, was not going to her as much because I couldn't afford it, that was right about when I entered 12-step. So mm -hmm. I ended up kind of replacing my individual therapy with 12-step group therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, but now uh, that I'm two and a half years sober, I'm now feeling that need to go back for individual therapy. Certainly, mm -hmm. certainly. You got stable, basically. I got stable. You stabilized yeah. yourself, and that's what so many uh, addicts and drug users need is a community, a new community of support and that's right. why it it works so beautifully i haven't loved my own experiences attending 12-step meetings but it's so obvious how helpful it is to right. many 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 folks and you know and i'm always telling you know newcomers i'm like sometimes you have to try a bunch of meetings totally, because totally. it's also depending on what stage of your life you're in so mm -hmm. like when i was living in san francisco i used to go to na meetings 
they're hardcore, right? They're strict, strict, strict. <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, they're less strict on the idea of God. Okay. So anytime okay. someone's saying 12 steps not for me because it's all about God, it's a cult, I'm like, how about you try NA? Because the NA book was, it's written based on the AA book, but it was written, you know, decades later. So they word it differently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's supposed to be a God of your understanding or a higher power of your understanding. In NA, they're very careful to always say higher power of your understanding instead of using the word God. Sure. In AA, they just use the shorthand because that was kind of the norm at the time. Most people were, you know, believed in some sort of God other than, you know, maybe agnostics. There were not as many atheists sure, at sure. that time. Yeah. And so... They just use the shorthand of the word God. Mm -hmm. It still just means a higher power of your understanding, but God can make a lot of people go running. Um, for me, I went to NA because of its ability to understand the specific DOC I had, drug of choice. Um, so, but when I came down here and then I ended up having to get clean off of alcohol, which is, you know, became my DOC, mm -hmm. then AA was a better structure for me because um, AA is actually probably more strict than NA is. Interesting. I feel like NA is a lot more philosophical. Oh, it's interesting. Whole, I had no idea. A whole bunch of drug addicts <laughs> oh, sitting around. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I mean, think about it. It's a whole bunch of, you know, hippies and hallucinogen people. Is this Woodstock Festival? Ta talking about the universe and our place in it, That's you know? Awesome. Yes. A little bit yes. more esoteric. Yes. You want to go to the 70s now? <laughs> hey, you know, it was San Francisco. 60s, 70s, Woodstock, yeah. <laughs> Hate Nashbury, all that good stuff. Yeah. So there was one in the mission. There was a uh, me an NA meeting in the mission over at the Women's Center, but it wasn't a women's meeting. It was like sure, a one sure, sure. combo meeting that awesome. they had mm -hmm. um which is another thing i find is that i don't do well at women's meetings <laughs> um i can handle about one women's meeting a week anything more than that and i want to tear my eyes out um but yep. my therapist is a female and i'm great with her <laughs> i think i don't do good in group sessions of women it's one too much estrogen too much. I mean, <laughs> I don't have a lot of estrogen, so <laughs> it's too much. And then, too, I think it starts to bring back those feelings of being ganged up on by girls. Sure, sure. When I um, did my pre-doc internship, I was at the VA hospital mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico, and not all of our groups were all men, but many of our groups were all men, especially in the um, intensive care, uh, intensive psychological care right or psychiatric care ward um and yeah that that's tough a whole lot of testosterone a whole lot of uh you know one domino can can fall and then the rest just all follow suit if like mm -hmm. anger is on the table or venting in quotes right mm -hmm. which just means complaining <laughs> you know um if complaining was on the table especially um in a government so hospital I, facility i could see that so i do better in mixed meetings yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that was we were talking about early in the research that's like something to kind of bring back you were talking about how it's statistically might be better to have the opposite gender it depends on what your personal is. issues are. yeah so that's what my worry is or my i don't want to say confusion because 
Um, as I've talked about, I'm not a dater. I don't really like to date. Like I'm not like someone that likes flings or things like that. So I obviously have a little bit of, I guess, intimacy issues with men because I am always looking for like, a, like potential partner, that kind of thing. But for me, that is to get to know the person, to trust them, to have basically a really good, strong, solid friendship. So I always go the friendship route, which never works out in my favor, but to me, that is something that I need to have because I need to kind of have that trust so that when things are maybe intimate with someone, there's that kind of comfortability. And mm-hmm. then also when you to be like the most vulnerable that you can be at like any stage and then be completely fine with it. So I'm always a little apprehensive. So I've always been like for doctors, females, for therapists, been like females. So for you to say for the opposite gender, it kind of scares me a little bit to have it being well, male. So. I mean, my issues are obviously with women. That's why I don't do well in full women's groups. So yeah. that's why it's better for me to have a female therapist because that's yeah. the kind of trust building I have to work yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm just, it's just intriguing because I also was having a conversation with one of my good friends the other day and she was saying of how she was jealous of the relationships I was having with guy friends, which is intriguing because in middle school, high school, I rarely had guy friends most of the guy friends were either the boyfriends of my girlfriends and that kind of stuff so there obviously was the shift around like maybe junior senior year of high school and then eventually college and that kind of thing so I guess my way of dealing with the the whole guy thing was like the friend route and that kind of thing so but then obviously I don't know this this is where my mind's kind of like going like right now all right let's bring her down to earth Carlos let's go Well, well, the the good news is, is it can definitely be a win-win situation, especially if we're just, um, let's start with the, um, the gender binary, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's go into psychodynamic style Yeah, because that was, was going to be like my general uh, because really there's the cognitive, there's a psychodynamic, sure. I don't know if there's yeah. any others that you yeah. use, but... Um, there, the third wave was called transpersonal, transpersonal. psychology, okay. transformer, and and that was uh, brought a lot of somatics into okay. it and felt senses, recognizing where emotion lies physiologically in the body, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Is that where EMDR came out of? Uh, it definitely could be. I used to know a lot more about EMDR, and I love EMDR. I, I actually was uh, hit over the head. Uh, in high school with shotgun a couple times. And so I went I went to one of the first practitioners of EMDR in wow. Oakland, you know, oh to help with the healing process. And it was it was pretty awesome. Um mm-hmm. I think that one actually integrates several different schools, but let me not misspeak. So so setting so okay. setting aside the transpersonal yeah, third yeah. wave for it's a like minute, that. let's pick on psychodynamic, okay. right? That that um is more relational and is more of what we see in movies where the <laughs> therapist doesn't give, you know, this, and this is totally a stereotype. So I'm not saying yeah. this is a good therapy today, but where the therapist holds themselves kind of separate and yeah. becomes that blank, supposedly blank slate where you can project your stuff onto them. So a certain element of that definitely will work if we, if we base it on gender, but, um, but here's the thing. So the last session I had, was very cool. It was um, one of two super uh, low cost therapy sessions that that um, students at the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, mm-hmm. comedy school and improv school can use. So mm-hmm. I took advantage of that resource and I, I went to two sessions. 
And what that therapist did was give me a short list of community resources that okay. I could now go to, right? That's mm-hmm. why I'm on a waiting list at another place now. Yeah. She pointed out, she had to remind me, because it has been a few years since I was a therapist. And also, we're not supposed to think like therapists when we're the patient. <laughs> we're supposed exactly. to, as much yeah. as we can, we're supposed to let it go and just you be You can't diagnose client, yourself. It's very yeah. tough for overthinkers, and a lot of therapists uh, tend hi, to be hello, overthinker overthinkers. Over so your therapist especially if you're doing relational work and mm-hmm. trying to get to the heart of any obstacles in happy personal relationships, a happy personal or romantic life, mm-hmm. your therapist is going to take turns standing in for mom, dad, yeah. uncle, sister, brother. You're, they're going to they're gonna substitute for, for people of different genders depending the session mm-hmm. and a lot of times several times within one session because that's just how we're wired. Yeah. So in that sense, it's a win-win. But if you know already, um, like this, this last time I requested a male therapist. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because I've had tons of female therapists and have appreciated and benefited and liked them. Mm-hmm. But for, for whatever I'm going through now, I was like, let's try a male. So if you know you have a preference, yes, go for it. Yeah. Same with, same with, race yeah you know gender or if you know the therapist specializes in working with non-binary folks or transgender folks and that's what you want you know yes always go for that um so but 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 let's say you get stuck seeing the affordable person that's on the list that you can go to yeah all is not lost. If they're a man, if they're a woman, if they're a transgender person, they're going to substitute in relational work for that boy from high school, that girl from high school, that Mm -hmm. boy, that man right now, you know, that that (laughs) best friend right now, they're going to, they're going to take turns kind of being someone who cares about your well-being, but is still removed enough that you can bounce these relational issues off them and they can hold it. Yeah. I remember watching a video a long time ago of uh, the Try Guys going to therapy and the therapist was talking about how the benefit of it is that they are removed from the situation. They're not the mother. They're not the father. They're not the boyfriend or girlfriend or sibling. They, um, they basically don't have all that other baggage. Totally. From like totally. <laughs> from either growing up or experiencing all these things or whatnot. So they kind of are in the, as you were saying, are removed from the situation, but they're just like a bounce board that you can like throw at. And then like, unfortunately, like a beating bag. <laughs> it's like the, I'm sorry to put it that way. Like a punching bag, you can throw basically all your shit on them and then they have to yeah. dissect and like throw it back. So apologies yeah. to all therapists that have to deal with all yeah. that. I know that can be very stressful sometimes for your job, but it is much appreciated. But yeah, just uh, having that bounce back forth. And I think uh, that also roots because most of the times it's been, I've been more comfortable with females because that mm-hmm. way I could like bounce all my problems though. Maybe I might need to see, I'm still scared to switch over to male because again, it comes into that, intimacy issue things but then at the same time intimacy is not like my main focus right now because like I said I've been depressed I've been having anxiety and panic attacks over the last couple weeks and that's been more of like finances and work and that kind of stuff like that Mm -hmm. so see I fluctuate so that's like Mm -hmm. my problem with trying to get wherever our stress comes in our life whether it's from work from finances it's all rooted in a deeper issue that we have within ourselves yeah. So I have issues of fear of self-worth, like of not being, not being good enough Oh yeah, that's for, me. for things, for people, for life. 
And so I know that that's where all of my stress comes from. Yeah, no, I'm. So that's the real issue. Yeah, that's mine too. Um, I've been told many times that I put I put too much pressure on myself, and I am like put too many like hard goals and that kind of stuff. And that's just um, I think that might also come from background of having like having a good background of like kind of like a, a successful family heritage like my dad he's successful in his industry my grandfather he was very successful in his industry so I want to be able to continue that lineage lineage. and be able to do that but then also do my own thing and then of course I had to pick entertainment which is by far one of the fucking hardest industries in the world no matter if you're an editor writer director actor it is way fucking hard as far as not necessarily knowing where the next little spoonful of stability is going to come from exactly and I think yeah and since I'm freelancing yep. more now, and I've, as I've yeah. discussed, I've had like a lot of ups and lows recently regarding sure. freelance stuff. It's just sure. and I'm that's, questioning my self worth a little. And it's definitely hard. Now that was something that I had beaten to me at a very young age because I had wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And when I told mom and dad at age six, this is what I want to do with my life. They're like, okay, we will support you. They but started. Pre- they knew they to prep you. Prepped me. So they re- So I've had a better adjustment. That's why I'm doing a lot more focused work on my underlying issues. Because even when I am stressed about money and stuff like that, it's not necessarily about my industry because I know the ebb and flow of it. I know the yeah. feast and famine. Um, I know how transient the success in this industry can be. Yeah. And I grew up knowing that. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like when we were talking about, like, if you were to lose your job today, what would you do? You have to have ideas. Yeah. And so that's why I'm always working on building all of these side hustles. Now, my mm-hmm. problem right now is my side hustles are what is driving me crazy. It's not yeah. my work in the industry. So now we're trying to work on how can I scale those back? Yeah. How can I not fall into the pit? So, they're sucking too much energy out of they out are of your- they are and they stress me out more and they are not my career goal nor are they the most financially lucrative to me either mm-hmm. so oh, it's gotcha. like what is the benefit gotcha. of putting myself through this now yeah. i was just discussing with one of my friends last night you know this whole issue and he was re- making a recommendation and i was like well to me if i take a job at that kind of place that's full time so then when a film comes up, I would not feel like I could leave. I have yeah. made a commitment. He's like, that is my thing too. But he's like, people do though, especially in this industry. He's like, I'm like, he's like, people are going to continue to try to use fear to keep you in position because you're so good mm-hmm. at what you do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, and that's one of my big issues is I allow people to use fear and to prey on my insecurities to keep me there. That's how I ended up staying at my day job here in Los Angeles two years longer than I intended to. Sure. I think you're bringing up a symbol that comes up in therapy all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Insight alone is not enough for behavioral or emotional change sometimes. So you've done an awesome job of having that insight. Now the next step um, would be if you wanted to change this habit of yours or change this way of being, um, this you know guilt trip, whatever we want to call it, right. right? If you wanted to change it before signing a contract with the J-O-B, mm-hmm. you could do your own Amy contract. If 
X, Y, Z happens, then I will. You know what I mean? So that you're holding yourself accountable to some new form of behavior. Way easier said than done. But everything's worth a try. And this is the same in therapy in general. We as therapists, we're always trying to see what sticks. So we think we'll have a great intervention for whatever moment the client is in and we'll do our best. If they say no, we have to take their word for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If we just keep insisting that our theory is right, that's going to shut the trust down. So that this is one of the skills of therapists that I admire most is they try, they can't be attached to whether that worked. (laughs) If the client says, hell no, they have to let it go and then just keep reflecting back what they think they're hearing. Okay, what about this? Oh, that's more like it. Okay, cool. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not worrying that I was wrong two minutes ago, I'm going to be much more in the moment present therapist. My therapist has definitely told me the same thing over and over again, but then she lets me make my own decisions and supports me in it, but that she'll bring it up because she wants it always sitting in the back of my head for when I'm ready to see it. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'm still not it's fucking like, ready to see like it. It's like being a school teacher, you guys. <laughs> you just do your best with the little kids and then you let them go and you may never hear how you affected them, but you yeah. just trust mm-hmm. that somehow your teaching affected them. And then once in a while, yeah. some grown-up sixth grader will come back and be like, oh, Mrs. Lewis, you changed my life or you yes, set me on this yeah, path. And you're like, yeah. okay. I mean, another one of the reasons why I really need to go see my therapist soon <laughs> is I was discussing with, you know, with one of my close friends the other day, a situation that I'm going through right now. And I said, well, what he doesn't know is the reason ABC is because that's what my therapist told me to do. And she's like, yes, but when was the last time you saw her? I'm like, like two years ago. And she's like, okay, she might tell you to do something different now because your relationship with this person has grown so much in those two years. Her advice now might be different. You should check in. Because that advice not may not still be yeah. what she would yeah. recommend. Stuff changes over time. Yeah. We hate it, but we have to fucking go through right, with it. Change right. is inevitable. And it may even be something healed a little over mm. time. Yeah. Or, or mm. an issue that was so up for me five years ago. Now I look back, I'm like... Wow, I was tripping off that. Yeah. Well, at least in this one segment of my life, I'm doing way better. You know. Right. Now yeah. let's now let's focus on what's what my obstacles are yeah. today. That kind of thing. Yeah. Another thing that I struggle with is um is the object of like letting go and like being the fixer. Like I like to try and fix everything. Like Me if nothing too. happens, I'm just like oh I'll follow up in this and follow that. And I think recently because of the past month, I was um. I was applying for a lot of work stuff. I was trying to get more money. I was trying to pay off more credit card bills and stuff like that. And I think because I set everything like weekly or all that kind of stuff, that was built up a lot of anxiety, stress, and panic. I was like, I need to go. I need to get out. I'm losing my mind. So I like, I'm actually. Welcome to me about every 36 hours. (laughs) I was going to say, I tend to need things to change much quicker than anything actually can change. So I need to fix it, but I also need to see like, results quickly and that's the toughest part especially if you're gonna do long-term therapy but even let's say if you go for six months Mm -hmm. even if I go to six months I'm gonna want to see that change right away but it's just kind of it's more changing the uh direction or the gradient so that over time you're going in a much more positive direction or healthy direction yeah whereas we want to solve we're solvers we are you fix problems yeah all your job you know what i mean like i see it i make it better i move on. on yeah but at the same time it's just 
It's very interesting because one of my friends says this uh, phrase is bullshit. Um, patience is a virtue. <laughs> Which, I mean... Sounds like spoken like someone who has no patience. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. I would imagine this person at times doesn't have any patience. But, I mean, I think especially now in today's modern age with the whole digital media and, like, the needed amount of constant content, like multitude of quantity over quality it's, it's just, been proven to raise anxiety levels yes yeah, so i think that has contributed a little bit of how we are not like taking a back seat and kind of like focusing on the present we're focusing a lot of like the future of what's going to happen and that kind of thing so i think that's something that i need to work on of like maybe taking a step back like okay maybe not like do like this all like every week and like try to make up for it. maybe like put some breathing space in between and then yes maybe send out an email or something but then uh step back there's actually i can't remember the full quote but i posted on my instagram recently mm -hmm. of that how it's so mentally exhausting to try and fix everything and reach out and keep everything going because it will leave you emotionally and mentally and physically drained. You should yeah. be appreciative of like the moments of when it happened or maybe the being in the whatever, moment, being the moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then kind of move on from it because it needs to be like 50 50. But so speaking of digital media, mm -hmm. um, have you had any experience with like the teledoc therapists? I haven't, but a good friend from graduate school is currently a licensed practitioner and she sees the vast majority of her clients over or a Skype mm -hmm. type. Right. Um, Portal. Yes, yes. And she says that um, she was shocked at how well telehealth seems to work for her clients um, because we went to a very touchy-feely grad school, uh -huh. you know, the thought of not being face-to-face -face probably would have like shaken us in our boots back then. And now we like but hiding now, behind a computer screen. <laughs> uh, she still she, says it's effective. She says she still sees, uh, she still sees clients healing to the point of terminating therapy with her and wow. going off into nice. the world. So I'm, yeah. I don't know a ton about it, but I, I definitely support it, especially if you're somewhere where you just can't get to a face-to-face -face office. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a teenager of color, if you're a transgender person, mm -hmm. let's pick on middle, middle America for a minute, sure. you know, right. I don't, I don't know how many resources there are, but let's assume there aren't a ton of resources in middle America. You can actually find a therapist who specializes in that, hook yeah. up your yeah. computer in, in the comfort and safety of your own home, you know, hopefully right. you have a safe mm -hmm. place and then you can have your 45, 50 yeah. minutes. All right. So similar question. Have you heard of the app better help? I haven't. What have I heard of? I've heard of, uh, uh, talk space. Talk space. Uh -huh. Okay. I think listening to podcasts. I've heard of talk yeah. space. What do you? What's BetterHelp better is basically an app that is a service where they match you based on your preferences, your needs to a licensed therapist or Perfect. counselor online. Yeah, right? It's yeah. kind of like Teladoc where yeah. it's through texting, yeah. it's through phone, it's through video chat, or you can also like go in and see a session with them. So that has been a more recent uh, therapy app that I've been well aware of that people have been starting to use. And it's yeah. been like very positive results and things like that. I've been seeing commercials for it and stuff like that. So it's something I've been somewhat considering because yeah, one, wow. it'll be a little bit cheaper because they do have like a subscriber and that kind of thing. But then again, right. I have to figure that out depending. I mean, I'm going home for a couple days soon. So I think mm. after going home, I'll figure that out. For but me, that's something. 
I didn't um, struggle too much with finding a therapist because I literally just asked my primary care doctor for, who they recommended for a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. So here's, and here's the, sorry. Go so ahead. And, and I ended up striking gold. Like I loved him. Oh, nice. I didn't have to oh, actually. Who lottery, he recommended yeah. me to? She called me. She talked to me for about you know twenty minutes, and she said, "I actually want to recommend you to my daughter." Um, they taught in the same practice. So, um, she's like, she's closer to your age. I think you'll do better with her. She's not super closer to my age. She actually has a daughter closer to my age or, you know, the other gal's granddaughter, but she's like, I think you'd be better to go with her. And Mm, so, I mean, all you have to do is get in with that first therapist to then get maybe recommended to the right one. Yes. I would always say, give this better help a shot Mm -hmm. because any therapist you talk to is ethically obligated mm-hmm. to consider what you said and then give you at least three referrals, recommendations, ideas of where you should go. Yeah. So what I've heard that can happen on a things, I and I think this is Talkspace in particular, I've heard um, some clients say, yeah, I started, um, you know, over the computer and it helped me get through a crisis. And then that, um, that clinician actually knew someone in my area. And they sent me off to go see someone face to face. Or that can be, let's say you get to the point where you don't want to go every week, where you want to go once a month, where where you're feeling really good with all your new self-esteem and skills and you want to go every two months. Mm -hmm. That might be nice to go see someone in person every two months. You know, who knows? I'm just kind of making stuff up. But I've, I've heard that that these things work because even if you don't stay with the original therapist, yeah. like you're saying, Amy, it opens doors. And that's that's part of our job. Yeah, therapists mm-hmm. actually have to even recuse themselves if they don't think that they're mm-hmm. progressing with yeah. the client. We're obligated or they're obligated to say, hey, I think you would be better served by seeing one of these three people because they're so good mm-hmm. at ABC. Alrighty, um, so how about we get into the article I mentioned earlier that's uh, from the medium, Five Myths About Therapy Debunked. Awesome! <laughs> I actually, guess what number one is? What? Therapy doesn't work. Of course that's not number one. <laughs> um, that's also very true within certain communities, particularly, mm-hmm. um, because mental illness can be looked at as a weakness, and they don't believe in therapy, yeah. and that can make it harder for somebody to seek assistance. Yes. Um, so what they say, people think it is only for those that have severe mental health issues or on the brink of collapsing, like wobbling, like not rich, and all this stuff. They're like, oh my gosh, ah! When... Scientific studies constantly show that behavioral and emotional interventions work as well, if not better, than medication to treat anxiety, depression, and mental health issues like OCD. Therapy teaches you skills, like CBT, to leave you with long-term healthy coping strategies that you can use to solve issues when they pop up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was true. discussing with one of my friends, you know, one time when she was like, her therapy appointment wasn't for like another week and she was kind of freaking out. And I was like, well, you should 
write all of this down. And she's like, I don't like to write it down because I feel like once you write it down, you're giving power to the words. I'm like, no, you're doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. My therapist has said writing it down actually releases its it power. Externalizes oh, yeah. It externalizes it. Oh, yeah. Externalizes it. way to say it. Yes. Right, which is yes. something that Chelsea does, but now it's time to yes. take the next step. Yeah, no, I do write a lot sometimes when I'm feeling very anxious or I'll just like do like a quick like video message to myself because I get it out of my system and I move on, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, smart. Yeah. Um, number two. <laughs> I'm laughing because it sort of applies my mentality sometimes. I don't need therapy. I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's immune to common issues, uh, harsh conditions, and like the mentality that you face. Sometimes we can work through the issues ourselves, but other times there are patterns that we can't change or break just by ourselves. Therapy is often the fastest most effective route to overcome emotional and behavior issues that keep you from living the life that you want. Yeah, we put up our own roadblocks and therapy helps us find those roadblocks so we can break them down if we don't find what the underlying issue is. I mean, like I said, I was going to therapy primarily for dealing with issues with my ex-fiance, but I also know the issues that my ex-fiance came from a place that was already in me before I sure, met him. Sure, yeah. of course, mm -hmm. of course. Exactly. And this one goes along with, I can just talk to my friends. It's like, yes, you should talk to your friends. You can talk to your friends. Yes, but... but that's only going to take you so far. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I don't know. Well, let me hear some more myths before I go off on venting. <laughs> let me, let me yeah, hear okay. some more myths. Right, number three. <laughs> Therapy is for people with serious health issues. I'm not broken enough to go. <laughs> you sense the sarcasm with each I one that it. I say. You I don't have it. to have clinical depression to need therapy. <laughs> even though I do. <laughs> well put. Yeah. Therapy works in severe situations, but it's also valuable as a method to treat moderate conditions and build positive mental health habits. Situations to consider therapy uh, when you have thoughts and feelings or behaviors that hold you back from a normal life, when you think it can cause physical harm, when time that is valuable to you goes to unproductivity and focusing on this kind of like bad stigma that you have rather than right. moving forward. And I would say anytime that's a major transitional part of your life, you could benefit from a little bit of talk therapy. So anytime we go through a major transition, things get stressful. We start being the not best version of ourselves to others that would be a perfect time for someone who just kind of dabbles in talk therapy when they need it. Mm -hmm. That any time a transition would be a good time to go see a talk therapist. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I always think about moving because moving. <laughs> since I've come to LA, I was like, well, I've only got here a year ago, but I've met so many friends, like let's say at UCB, right? At the improv place, they've moved even more recent. Right. And then other friends I knew before them have just relocated within the city. And then right. two other friends have relocated mm -hmm. within their apartment buildings. And I think that's one of the ones that doesn't get as much um, respect as being such a stressful, it's stressful. endeavor and kind of yeah. yep. shake you up. Um, so yeah, if, if, if we're allowed to seek some help when we're moving like think about like other issues family relationship anything mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah all right number four it's a waste of time being on the couch talking about my feelings from childhood <laughs> see this is why i'm saying the sarcastic voice because no one can see but the smile on carlos's face it's making me feel great mm -hmm. therapy gives you a space to talk freely and process emotions therapists look for patterns and how your mind works and then how you feel and find a better workaround to overcome the barriers and stuff that you go through. 
and recognize them for you to understand as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird that. way of phrasing it, but I just did it. Hello. But yeah, with the couch thing, being on the couch in quotes gives us this image that it's like a lazy person who's like eating bonbons, reclining on a couch. And then if you, if meanwhile, if we were like flies on the wall of like one of my therapy sessions when I'm the client, I'm like crunched over, frowning, you know, like totally right, right. like kind of in the zone, thinking things through and like it's, it's work. You're not just there like being I'm lazy. Too- Relaxed. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I'm too relaxed, that's when I have to watch out for am I being manipulative? Mm. Interesting. Yes, yes. Yes. There's a movie actually that a friend of mine recommended when I was going through this panic attack. Uh, Charlie Bartlett. Uh, yeah. So he recommended it to me. For those that don't know, it's about a private school kid who excels in everything, but he gets kicked out at every private school he goes to. So he goes to a public school and ends up starting to become the school therapist through the knowledge and the sessions he has from his uncle, who is a therapist in the family. Right. I love this movie. I love this movie. Uh, and a cameo by a young Drake, yes. just uh, for the trivia. Young Drake, uh, Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> Antonia Vetch, Kat Dennings is in it. So. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, so I think it's something I'm going to watch really soon. So, <clears throat> And number five on the myths debunked list, once you start therapy... You have to go forever. Interesting. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yes. That I think is also left over from the idea of like analysis in New York. You know, you go five <laughs> times. You go five times a week for life, or you're never gonna be. You know, you're, you're never, never gonna, gonna be, be well a enough. Yeah. You're never gonna be great. <laughs> right. Good therapy can end with even after only one session. It can be temporary, but it will teach you the tools that will help you last for a lifetime. Therapy should be, have a goal in terms of trying to overcome maybe a certain obstacle or problem. And then maybe when you reach that, if there's nothing else, it's okay to leave. But then right. it's also okay to always come back, which goes back to my thing when I was younger. I went for therapy for this one session regarding friendships. And then the next couple of times I went, I didn't have anything. So mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. like, it wasn't working for me, hence why I left. Right. So I think that was back when I was my young, impressionable, naive me. I'd be like, I tried it once. It didn't work for me. Right. I don't need to go again. Sure. But it's that, you know, that thing is like, if you leave therapy, you just have to be able to recognize when you need it again. Yeah. Like I recognize right now, I need it. Yeah. I need mm-hmm. to prioritize mm-hmm. going to a therapist within the next month. Yeah. Like it's, you've got, it's that being able to know when to ask for help. Yeah, and I think that's my issue that I'm kind of struggling with because, again, like with finances and money and stuff like that, when I just need to open up a little bit more to like some more people and, you know, see what they say, which is probably something I will do after this episode. So (laughs) we shall see and we shall figure it out. So, Carlos, do you have any recommendations for people who fear going to therapy? As she stares right into my eyes. (laughs) You know... That's a great question. I I hadn't thought about it. Let's see. So I, for the past several years, have been resistant to going back to individual therapy. So I've tried every other modality I could think of. I've gone to support groups. I started a meditation class, you know, uh, more regular yoga classes. And um, sounds like someone else I know. <laughs> Everything I can not to go to therapy. And this one is she actually is looking at me at this point. She actually is making eye contact. Yep. <laughs> and so Jeez. when um, finally was thinking, okay, let me try it again. It's been enough years so that I probably should go see an individual therapist, see what I can get from it. 
when I went to my first individual session here in LA a couple months ago, I really left feeling on top of the world. Now, that's not to say that if you conquer your fear, you're going to leave every session feeling great, but you're going to be proud of yourself that you tried it. And if you liked it enough to go back, it's going to be a lot easier that second time. So this is a, this is a tough one. You kind of just got to take it on faith. If, if you are really scared, but you suspect that therapy can help you, I would give it a shot and check in with yourself. If you know right away it's not for you, that's totally valid. Individual therapy isn't for everyone. It might be fun for everyone to at least try it once because it is such an interesting and different experience and mm -hmm. can be so helpful to many people. Yeah, we, we, we guarantee you it gets easier <laughs> to at least show up. You won't leave every session. I've loved what you said at the beginning of the podcast. You won't leave every session feeling on top of the world. But as long as you leave most, most sessions feeling more hopeful, feeling more capable, mm -hmm. feeling a little better about why you went in the first place, right. that most likely means that it's working. Right. Um, so uh, sometimes even if you do find a sliding scale clinic or if you find a website who deals with issues of clinicians who deal with issues that you're facing, sometimes even just a phone call can help put your mind at ease. Now, again, that's not guaranteed for everybody, but sometimes just talking to someone on the phone before you show up, you know, as a stranger in a strange land, sometimes that can bring the fear down a little bit. My next question is, I had someone recommend to me recently couples therapy. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get him to go to couples therapy when Ooh. he doesn't, doesn't even consider therapy. us a couple and he doesn't really believe in therapy? I was, yeah. he went to a few therapy sessions, I think about two years ago, um, which I was shocked that he even did that. And then when I was asking him like, well, you know, how did it go? And he told me what they had recommended him to do in our relationship. I said, so you're completely going against what your therapist said. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you are. They told you to do this or this, and you're just living in the middle. Then to have someone say, oh, you two should go to couples therapy. I'm like, how am I supposed to get this person to go to couples sure. therapy with sure. me? And I've also heard other people say that couples therapy for like people who are not married is kind of ridiculous. Like, why are you wasting all this time trying to make something work that probably is not going to? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I was taught is that couple therapy is mostly for couples in crisis. It's like conflict resolution, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, and this is not, I'm not speaking for all therapists by any means, but um, the going thinking or the school that I was kind of taught was that one to six sessions for a couple in crisis should be more than enough. Right. So that's kind of one one way to maybe pitch it is like, Let's go twice. See, or, or, or do you want to be in a continued relationship with me? Even if you don't consider us a couple, you know, if you want to continue this long-term thing that we have, would you go to two sessions with me? And a lot of times, any magic that's going to happen in couple therapy is going to happen in that first or second session because whatever the main stressor mm -hmm. or stressors are, are going to be brought to light. And then you both have each other to work on that should you choose to. 
right. you know, you, you, you're not an individual just stuck in your own head. So you do have someone to bounce the ideas off of and work together with whatever you did uh, learn in mm -hmm. those one to two sessions. I have other friends who have gone to more longer term couple therapy for whatever reason they enjoy it it's not the way i was taught to use it as a resource but people do um and then my most successful kind of vignette as a therapist is uh when i was at the lgbt clinic in san francisco i saw let's say for six to ten months so this clinic used a more longer term weekly structure as their model. I saw a lesbian couple that was having some issues at home and they couldn't decide, I'm, and I'm dumbing it down, right? They couldn't decide, do we have a baby? Do we break up? Those were kind of the two extremes that they right. were. Um, mm. So so we got to unpack that and that did take, I would say much more than six sessions to unpack and go back and forth. and. Um, chores and boring domestic stuff came up like little, little things it was just nice to have kind of a third perspective sounding board for 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 that little the the tedious stuff of of a domestic relationship right mm -hmm. and um my internship ended we all said goodbye sent them off good luck and uh, a few years later at a holiday party, there was this little kid running around the party and it was the three-year-old that the couple had had. And they were like, do you, do you remember us? And I was like, do, do I know them from yoga? Where do I know them from? You know what I mean? Because they look like familiar. Like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, I, I do, but who are you? And they're like, oh, you helped us when we were trying to decide. And so, so that was longer than six sessions and that was beneficial to, you know, all parties. So there's no right or wrong way to do things but to be on the safe side i like to recommend one to two sessions because you're dealing with three different personalities all in one room and if we have to shop around for an individual therapist oh gosh what if we had to shop around for a couple therapists you know what i right. mean like it's hard to keep everybody right happy, both obviously. people need to build trust with the therapist exactly. totally and, yeah totally Oh boy, well, okay, well, I'm very happy myself. I didn't cry, so that's great. That's a it's huge it. plus, because Chelsea nice. cries more episodes than not. I do. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I I think I'm just, I'm just, as people know, I'm a very emotional person, and I think my hormones have been very imbalanced, but I feel like, I think because probably since I have a break from work coming and up. life coming up it's, soon. It's in your... It's in your... It's in my range. It's, mm -hmm. it's right. coming up. almost touch it. Yes, exactly. I almost touch it. it. It's like that poster of like New York where it's like you see 7th Street, you see 8th Street, you see California, you see Hong Kong. Like everything just seems like so much bigger. <laughs> like it's like within the touch. So yeah, I, I think I'm just I'm very excited. I'm kind of like becoming a little bit more balanced and it's just gone over and all that. Anyways, so moving forward, how about hashtag hunt? Hashtag hunt. Hashtag hunt. All right, so Amy, you were in charge of this. So, so hashtag hunt is when we take the hashtag of the episode, this time hashtag therapy, and we plug it into social media and see what pops up. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. One of my favorite parts of trauma-informed counseling is watching someone understand that their response to overwhelming, terrifying experiences has always been an attempt by their body to keep them safe. May understanding our human response to pain birth compassion. Hashtag therapy. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Before therapy, I endured 20 plus flashbacks of abuse a day. Self-harmed lots, tried to commit suicide several times, took drugs and didn't sleep for days. I've been cleaned for years, not self-hospitalized in months and have less flashbacks. Your past can be overcome. Hashtag mental health awareness. Nice. These are more extreme examples, but this is good to balance out some of our discussions where we didn't get too <clears throat> deep into mm-hmm. harsh right. diagnoses. But yeah. these are these are good examples of folks whose lives were saved, right? That's yes. true. Feelings affect how we recall the past and how we imagine the future. Be careful about letting yourself be led by feelings. Hashtag therapy. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm just someone that feels a lot of things daily. Um. <laughs> well, here we go. Feelings are always information. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and feelings will always change. Yeah. So I try to tell that I tell, try to, especially when I'm like road raging or something. It's this like, too okay. shall oh, pass. Yeah. If you can, if you can take 14 breaths, that means about a minute has passed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you've had a chance to just begin to reset yourself physiologically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take care of your mind. The rest will follow. Hashtag timeout Tuesday. <laughs> time out oh, Tuesday. I like that. I, that. I like that. I love that so much. I got to incorporate that into my hashtag or some things. One, relationships. Two, emotions. Three, self-care. Nothing has to be detrimentally wrong in order for you to want to receive therapy. Sometimes we carry baggage we're not even aware of until we actually talk about the things that we push so deep in the back of our minds. We have to realize that we don't always have all the answers, no matter how hard we try. Therapy will make you realize new coping mechanisms that can help improve the quality of your life overall. Yep. Yep. Nice. I agree with that. It's okay to make mistakes to have bad days, to be less than perfect, to do what's best for you, to be yourself. Yep, yep, that's what I try to tell myself, that those things. <laughs> Don't be afraid of sharing your story. A great empathetic trauma-informed therapist can help. Nice. Reasons I'm in therapy, and this is a beautiful pie chart that will definitely hit our social media. <laughs> Let's hear it. Help to normalize mental illness, improving my symptoms, learning coping methods, untangling past trauma, self-discovery and rediscovering my worth, hearing an unbiased opinion, getting the energy to deal with the people who should go to therapy but see it as weak. Uh, is that the largest piece of the pie? That's the largest piece of the pie. <laughs> yep. Free waiting room coffee. Yes, girl, that's a good clinic. And cathartic crying. <laughs> we all have our reasons to seek therapy. There is no wrong reason, only the right direction. <laughs> I love it. And just out of curiosity, how large is the slice of pie that's untangling past trauma? Not so big at all. See, I think I think that's something that will help folks feel less afraid of therapy, is that it doesn't have to be 50 minutes of talking about trauma. past trauma, childhood trauma. It's it's always going to be there, you know, yeah, until think... we face certain issues, but you're not you're not going to, you know, if you have a good therapist, you're not even allowed to share too much in one session because they know that humans decompensate that that, mm-hmm. that if we had the strength to deal with it 
in 50 minutes, it would have been dealt with already. So it's definitely, there's a slower, gentler pace to how much we have to open up or unload. And that can, I think, help alleviate some of the fear. She was a fixer, but it wasn't her job to fix them. And it wasn't her job to show them how to feel better. They simply weren't her problems to fix. Therapy from the comfort of your own space. Is that me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds a lot like me, as well as many other people out there. I love it. Therapy works by relieving suffering and helping you pursue a better, more fulfilling life. All right, and this here's the last one. Why do you stay in prison? Are you choosing misery? Making choices is probably the most stressful thing we do as humans. Or perhaps more accurately, the stressful thing we do is to av choose avoidance when we don't like what choices we're facing. This is what creates the stress. Mm -hmm. But if you never change what you're doing in order to improve your unhappy situation, you're inadvertently choosing misery. <laughs> no one keeps you stuck. You keep yourself stuck. You have a choice. The power is in making it. Begin the journey with therapy. Love it, but at the same time, I get it. I understand. You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> I, I liked that it. one no, because I do, it, was, yeah. it was a bit of like hard love. Yeah, tough no, love. it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, a fan of tough love for I'm a, sure. I'm a fan of tough love at the times when I need it. There's like, again, there have been times where I, like, I didn't want to cry. And then my friend would be like, no, you have to cry it out. You have to let your emotions show. I was like, no, I'm trying to be a strong woman. He's like, no, cry it out, get it out. Then I just end up sobbing on the person's shoulder for like 15 minutes straight. That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's a very good friend. He really is. So, yeah. Awesome. So, Carlos. Talk to me. We like to have our guests give us a challenge around the topic of the episode. Okay. Is there something you could challenge Chelsea and I to do over the course of the next month? Okay, same challenge for both of you? It can be, it same, can be same or, or different. different. Okay, okay. Let me start with what I heard from you, Amy. I think your challenge is to call that therapist that you saw two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. They're still in LA area? Yes. And, and so I would challenge you to ask them, could we try a Skype session if I just can't get to you in person? Ask them, could we reassess the fee if I have zero to, you know, zero money right now? Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, talking about money. payment and money in therapy. So that's a challenge. So I need myself. to open the conversation up with her yeah. and be like, hey, I need therapy. What, can, what, what accommodations can we make to get yeah. me there sooner? Yes. And while, while you have her or, or whenever, if she's willing to talk for a few minutes, run, run the number one reason why you think you do need therapy, okay. run it by her, just get, get some, some feedback. Okay. You, you're, are you a hundred percent sure it's time to go yes. back? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then that's a good, easy challenge. You're probably going to do it. Yes. And anyway. now I'm going to be held accountable to doing it within this next month. Ooh, and it I love will it. all of a sudden love be it. three months down the line and I still yes. haven't set an appointment. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one for you. Chelsea, let's dig in okay. just for fun okay. to this gender question because <laughs> I think so so your your challenge will be kind of homeworky but also lead you to some kind of new therapeutic intervention, right? So mm -hmm. the people, the clinic that I'm on the wait list for that asked me what gender mm -hmm. of therapist I preferred, if any, is called Wright Institute 
of Los Angeles. So, okay. so your challenge is go to wila.org, W-I-L-A.org, mm-hmm. and see what they say about gender, you know, okay. men, women, non-binary, and just do one, you know, paragraph of homework that's only for you mm-hmm. about what seeing a female therapist okay. might open up for you and what seeing a male, a male therapist because there's something okay. about you want to work on intimacy, right? I but do, are you but... strong enough right now? Are you balanced enough right yeah. now? It's so stupid because it's like, God, I have to get better a little before I can even start yeah, going to get help. And it's like, thing. sort yeah. of. Like you, the, you intimacy, gotta get to... the intimacy might be like a long running thing, but right now it's been more work of anxiety and stress revolving mm-hmm, work and mm-hmm. finances. Like that has yeah. been the main big problem that I need to overcome. So the intimacy might be something for later, yeah. but it's not something that I yeah I have I have a I have a hunch if you jump in with a male therapist just to work on the most immediate stuff it might be interesting but what's more important is to get help with what you need right now so if that means getting a woman therapist yes go of course and I'm kind of like that with um drinking and substance abuse it's like okay I'm not going to be able to start weekly deep relational therapy if I'm still drinking massive quantities every night. So that's why I got to go to the support group first, get stable, and then I can get to the point where it's like, okay, now I'm ready to deal with what was causing me to drink, you know, just to give an example. Yeah, I think that's me. I think I need to focus on like work and career and that kind of anxiety first. So I feel more comfortable with that before wanting to venture out to the other thing sure which, so that's sure. just what that's my hunch but at the yeah. same time yeah and then there's the age factor you know there's all yeah. this kind of per- it's such a personal endeavor that there's all these <laughs> kind of personal demographics of the actual therapist that um that can sometimes make a difference yeah okay so do you choose to accept your yeah, mission before I, september 30th yeah I okay to accept okay it, awesome i'll be definitely be doing it while i'm away at home like decompressing and all that fun stuff so i think yeah that's a safer it, yeah. safer space right mm-hmm. exactly so yeah i i accept my challenge amy do you accept your challenge oh absolutely yes Oh, thank you again so much, Carlos. This was wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks thank for having you. me. Where can people find you? Is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything uh, you want to put in? You can plug your acting career. This is a great opportunity. Certain, certainly. So, so um, let's see. I'm going to plug. If you're in the L.A. area and you need therapy, it sounds silly, but just start with L.A. DMH, LA Department of Mental Health. That's the city and county. Even if you never sign up for a therapist through that website, they're organized really well with all the resources that city and county has, um, which can also lead us to some sliding scale things. Uh, The other ones I want to plug is therapyforblackgirls.com, specifically for black women. That's a pretty awesome national website and database. And I just heard about this one on a podcast, the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, nqttcn.com, which I think works in a similar way as therapy for black girls. You heard me talk a little about the right Institute. That's going to be my next endeavor as a client, as a recipient of therapeutic services. Is that so right? I'm pretty, W-R-I-G-H-T. I-G-H-T. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll, uh, wyla.org. 
Um, let's see. I have... What do I have? I have a film coming out next spring. That's not till um, Newport Beach Film Festival, so that's a little far okay. in advance. But um, we'll definitely with my, remind our listeners <laughs> when it is approaching. With my is. beautiful new reel, you can find <laughs> some of Chelsea's excellent editing work um, on my website. So that's HaleyWorld.com. That's my actor website. So it's www.haileyworld.com. Fabulous. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Carlos. Well, that's all for hashtag therapy. <laughs> yes. At least for today. Yes, for today. Oh, boy. <laughs> but until next time, I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And this has been Hashtag Life Goals. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.